So as we begin today, um, this lesson was actually meant to be given a few weeks ago. It was meant to be given that weekend that I needed to rush off to Indianapolis, the day that Nicole would actually go on to the ventilator. And that was a time where we didn't know what to expect, but what we knew for certain was at that time we were told that the outlook was not that good. And it was from the point of the call that I received and up through the next two weeks that this lesson actually became more application as our support system had rallied around us. But as I said, the lesson was inspired a few weeks earlier from a, actually from the same set of events, but as we were getting ready and talking about the process of going through the lung transfer, we were told that we would be going through different phases to get Nicole on the list for a lung transplant. And I, one Sunday morning, just prior to coming in here, I had a conversation with one of the pulmonologists who was treating her at that point. And he told me some things that would be looked at as part of the evaluation process. In addition to the obvious, he said that Nicole would need to be physically, mentally, emotionally, and I'm gonna add here spiritually, fit, fit to go through the entire process. And she will also need a good support system in place. So I'm thinking, okay, she's got all those things. She's, or she's working hard to get them. She's a fighter. She's got this. His next statement was one that I was not expecting. He looks at me. He looks me dead in the eye and he says, you will need to be physically, mentally, and emotionally, and again, I'm going to add spiritually, fit to go through the entire process. And you're going to need a good support system in place. It didn't stop there. Your children will also need to be physically, mentally, and emotionally, and again, I'm going to add spiritually, fit to go through the entire process, and they will need a good support system in place. He's not wrong. He wasn't wrong in making this statement. This is a huge, huge, huge process, a huge thing for anybody to go through. And this don't fit neatly into a box of just our current circumstances. A good support system is something that we all need to have in place all the time. The question is how many of us do. If I asked you this morning to list four or five people who will listen to you that you can call anytime, even if it's 2 a.m. in the morning, and they'll be there for you, they'll listen to you, could you name four or five people? You see, this is something that the Bible tells us that we need. A lot of people don't have it, though, or at the very least, they don't recognize it. The reasons for not having it in place 
could be many. And I was curious about this, and in the spirit of this message this morning, I asked for help. I reached out to Facebook, and I posed the question. The answers that came back were a lot of people gave the same answers, and then there were also a variety of different answers that took place. But some of the reasons, and I want to get into the reasons first of all, the reasons that people don't have a good support system, the reasons people don't ask for help. One of the biggest ones to come back to me was that we don't want to burden others with our problems. We are independent and we can do it ourselves. Some of the others, we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable. Some of us don't reach out because we've been hurt in the past. Or we don't think anyone will help. We don't think anyone will understand. We don't like sharing private things. Conditioning. And this is true especially for doctors, nurses, pastors, etc. People that are in the fields of helping people. I'm meant to help people, not to need help. Men are not expected to need help, or at least many men feel this way. And then there's fear. And this one, this one actually made me sad when I was reading some of the responses. That something will be expected in return. People are afraid if they ask for help, somebody's gonna expect something. People will gossip about them. Someone will hold it over their head later. It will be used against them in some way. Do any of these reasons sound like you? I can tell you right now, mine are sprinkled throughout this whole thing along with everybody else's. But now I want to go back and beat up on some people with this one real quick. People are afraid to ask for the fear. So if you're helping someone, expecting anything more than a thank you, you're not helping. You're making a business transaction. If you're helping only to run and gossip, brag about how great you are and what you did, this puts you in company with the Pharisees. But that's, a, that's enough of that, though. I don't want to dwell too much on, on the fear. I want to look at why we need the good support system. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 tells us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. You see, God knew that we would need lots of support when he created the church, even going as far back as when he created us. The order is to assemble 
And that wasn't just given in Hebrews, that was given in the Old Testament as well. He even said it way before in Genesis that it's not good for man to be alone. Now when we look at this verse from the original context, we're talking about Adam needing a helpmate. But this isn't strictly for Adam needing a helpmate. This can go as far as us needing other people. It's not good for us to be isolated. In Hebrews, we're told not to forsake the assembly of the brethren, but that's just not to make us get up early on Sunday morning and miss the NFL pregame show. It's because we need each other. You know, your mere presence right here is an encouragement to someone else. We assemble because it's good for others and it's good for us. Pastor Mike often mentions the spiritual desert that we go through during the week when we're in between services. But being around others, that builds us up. And this is one of the great functions of the body of believers. The church, our fellow believers, provide us with a sense of belonging, and they make us realize that we're not alone in whatever it is that we're going through. There's importance of fellowship with believers outside of the church as well. Once a week, twice a week, if you can also do the Bible study, is not enough. We need to get to know others outside of the church setting. Sometimes this involves leaving our comfort zone. A friend of mine was um, talking about one at one point um, the church that he went to was doing an event of axe throwing. He said he was absolutely couldn't care less about going to axe throwing. But he said he went because he needed the fellowship and was blessed by the fellowship from going to the event. So sometimes even if the event doesn't interest you, if the activity doesn't interest you, you still go because we need to be among fellow believers. In the first church, believers were together every day. They liked to be with each other. Thing is, and many people like to be invited. But this works both ways. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Proverbs 18.24. So there we go back to sometimes doing things that may not interest us. But you've also got to open your life to others. This means sometimes giving up some of your privacy and allowing other people in. Sometimes that's a big one for me. And I'm going to put this here. Going back to the past hurts, but the apost or going back to past hurts. But the Apostle Paul actually gave us an example of this. He had to accept some someone who had hurt him. Early in his missionary journeys, Mark had gotten homesick and gone home. He had deserted the missionary trip. But then, in his loneliness, he said that Mark was useful to him. And these are the first steps in getting to know your support system. It's also important to know there are good support systems and there are bad support systems. And knowing can help each of us to not only find what we need, but it can also help us to know the best way to support others. 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord above, from heaven and earth. Proverbs, or Psalms 121, 1 and 2. A storm descends on a small town, and the downpour soon turns into a flood. As the waters rise, the local preacher kneels in prayer on the church porch, surrounded by water. By and by, one of the townsfolks come up the street in a canoe. Better get in, preacher. The waters are rising fast. No, says the preacher. I have faith in the Lord. He will save me. Still, the waters rise. Now the preacher is up on the balcony, wringing his hands in supplication, when another guy zips by in a motorboat. Come on, preacher, we need to get you out of here. The levee's going to break any time. Once again, the preacher is unmoved. I shall remain. The Lord will see me through. After a while, the levee breaks, and the flood rushes over the church until only the steeple remains above water. The preacher is up there clinging to the cross when a helicopter descends out of the clouds, and a state trooper calls down to him through a megaphone. Grab the ladder, preacher. This is the last chance. Once again, the preacher insists, the Lord will deliver me. And predictably, the preacher drowns. A pious man, the preacher goes to heaven. After a while, he gets an interview with God, and he asks the Almighty Lord, I had unwavering faith in you. Why didn't you deliver me from the flood? God shakes his head. What did you want from me? I sent you two boats and a helicopter. You see, many times the help that comes from the Lord above comes from the people that he sends us. The Bible gives us some examples of this too. Um, one was the opening scripture this morning. When Moses was exhausted, Aaron and Hur brought him a rock to sit on and held his arms up. Notice, when Aaron and Hur came to Moses' side, they just came and helped. They didn't come and criticize Moses for how he handled what he was doing or what he was going through. Another instance, we look at David and Jonathan, his best friend who supported him up until his death. David also had a group of men who were with him. One instance in 2 Samuel 23 tells us of three of David's mighty men who broke through the battle lines of the Philistines to get David some water from the well of Bethlehem simply because he desired water from that particular well. And I wanted to take a couple of seconds to break away here. Uh, with everything we've been going through, we've had a lot of people that have come out to support us in many various ways, through prayer, through visits, through any conceivable thing that you can think of. And these are people that, just like here, were sent by God. And I want to take a minute to thank each and every one of them, no matter what it was that you offered. It was big and it was helpful to us. So thank you.
But not everything is that good. We can turn to bad support systems too. And a perfect example of this comes out of the book of Job. And this shows us what a bad support system looks like. If Job's friends had just come, sat and wept with him, we would have been talking about them in the other section. We would have been talking about how they were a good support system. But this wasn't what happened here. They did that for a while, and it just seemed like they just couldn't help themselves. It was as if they turned on him. They began to pile it on, pointing the finger at Job, saying that uh, he was at fault for this in some way, and criticizing him for not fessing up. Even Job's wife offered no support. Sometimes you may think you know better, or that you have all the answers and may know what works for you, but just, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Just because it works for you doesn't mean that it's going to work for someone else. And a person doesn't need to have that unsolicited advice or that unsolicited criticism when they're going through a struggle. They need you to lean on, not your thoughts on the matter, not your understanding of the matter, just someone to be there to lean on. But last but definitely not least, I mentioned God, and even though I mentioned him last, he should be the, your first, the first person in your support system. Going back to the beginning of the section where I told about the inspiration of needing each one of us needing a support system, I sat down there in that chair and I'm looking at my Bible like, man, I've got the ultimate support system. God. He also sends others. But God mainly is there to help us and he can be places where no one else can be. Sometimes your support system breaks down. And it's, that's not being negative. That's just a, a fact of life. It happened to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul's support system broke down. In some of Paul's epistles, you can see the loneliness as he writes. Paul deeply desired his spiritual son Timothy's fellowship. Demas and Crescens deserted Paul, and Titus also wasn't present. This doesn't mean that we forsake our human support. Uh, absolutely not. After all, Galatians 6.2 tells us that we are to bear up one another's burdens. So we have them, but most importantly, we have God. And God is a friend that sticks us closer than a brother. But God's the one who's always with us. God can go places that no one else can go. When you have to go into the operating room, seemingly by yourself, or when you're sitting in the waiting room waiting for your loved one to hear the results of how the surgery come out. You, God's in there. God's with you. God's there to hold you. God can go to those places that no one else can go. It's God who is with us in every situation. 
You ever been in a situation where you felt like everyone's against you? Well, as long as you're doing God's will, Romans 8.23 says that if God is for us, who can be against us? He'll go into that battle. He'll go into that hostile meeting with us. Even if we've royally messed up, if we confess that sin to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And I didn't intend to do this next part, but there were a couple of people who commented on, on my question on Facebook that I felt led to share them with everybody. So if you don't have Facebook, these were, or you're not on my page, these were a couple of the quotes that I found very profound, so I figured I would share them. And the first one comes from someone who had been deeply hurt, uh, a lady named Jamie Ferrara Sandstra, a friend of mine from Missouri. And she says, speaking after going through a, a family um, medical catastrophe, honestly, I found out for the most part asking for help means nothing to people anymore. They are too busy to lend a hand or sit with the sick and even pray. Until we make a difference and live by the example, people will continue to keep to themselves. It's not all pride. You can only ask so much before you realize you're wasting your breath. However, that's not how God designed the body of Christ. And the second um, quote I uh, really struck me was actually from my father-in-law, Chris, and he says, God puts people in our lives for a reason. God never anticipated slash wanted us to fend for ourselves. Blessed when you have a loving support system. Accept the blessing and seek help when necessary. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you ask someone to help shoulder a burden, you're also giving them a chance to demonstrate God's love. So that's very profound on, on both of their parts. Someone that's going through a lot of hurt and someone who is in the boat with our family is um, being Nicole's dad as we are going through a lot of the pain and the unknown that we're going through. But knowing your support system means knowing your own weaknesses and admitting to them. It means giving up your pride, giving up your fears, your conditioning, letting go of past hurts, and your way of thinking and allowing the body of Christ to be the body of Christ, the way God intended it to be. Knowing your support system means asking for help when you need it. It also means accepting the help you need if, if someone offers. And this can be hard because, well, okay, transparency time here. I think all of you know the struggles, most of you do, that um, we've faced. And many of you here, our church family, have said, and you've told me this, that if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. I've said that to other people. And we mean it. And we continue to mean it. But here's the truth. Sometimes... I don't know what I need help with. I don't know what to ask for. And if that's true for me, I'm going to assume that it's true for other people out here too. 
you've just been doing what you're doing for so long that you just struggle and get it done in some way. But that's where the good support system comes in. They'll, they'll pick up on your needs. Aaron and her, they knew what to do and they jumped in. David's mighty men heard him talking and decided to meet his, well, in this case, his want. It wasn't a need for him. But they decided to meet that. And, that's, and we experienced that so much in the last few weeks. People just jumping in. People just um, knowing. And that's, that's, that's what a good support system is. Sometimes our friends and family may not know. And this is where we have a responsibility to, to reach out. It's not fair for us to automatically expect just um, that everybody's going to know what we need. We have to humble ourselves. We have to reach out and we have to ask. You never know who's going to come through. You never know who's gonna, who God's going to send your way. But God puts these people in our lives and God puts them there to be a blessing to us. He puts us there to be a blessing to other people as well. So as I get ready to close today, again, I want to thank, I want to thank everybody here that's, that's prayed for us, that's done anything, that, that's had any positive thoughts, who's added our name to another prayer list, who's done anything. I also want to thank the people who have done other things along the way, and I'm, I hesitate to mention any names because somebody always gets left out and somebody always uh, will uh, be hurt so just again thank you for everything that goes out to our our church family as well in columbus who has stepped up and helped us through this process and this goes out to anyone that has heard any of the podcasts saw any of the facebook broadcasts um Whenever you help someone, whether it's a word of encouragement, whether it's a, a prayer, whatever it is, just know that those, those thoughts do reach God, the prayers do reach, and they're good. And if you need help, if you need something, don't hesitate to reach out for that. Again, you never know who's going to step up to the plate. Lord, we thank you for putting other people in our lives. We thank you that you are our friend and our brother that sticks closer than anyone else. We thank you that you're always there no matter what we can come to you. Your line is always open. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus and for um, the ultimate sacrifice of sending him to die on the cross for our sin. So we get ready to close today. I want to lift up each person that's here along with the unspoken requests, along with the spoken requests that you would um, bless and that you would be available or make people know that you're available. Help them to feel your presence as they go through their pain or as they go through their struggles. And above all, help us all during this Christmas season to glorify you through our words, through our actions and through our thoughts and as always i ask all this in jesus precious name amen